Hello and welcome to the long-awaited return of the Boys in Red and White podcast. My name is Tom Dow and I'm joined, as always, by my best friend Andre Grayson. Hi Tom. Oh, I'm joking. Hello Mr Dow. <laughs> Couldn't resist. Been thinking of that one all day. <laughs> Absolute zinger right there off the bat. So that's uh... Let's just put it out there now Tom. We don't need to talk about anything else. That's it. That's the podcast. Yeah. Anyway, thank you for listening this week. <laughs> we'll be back shortly with another podcast. <laughs> no, it's um, it's it's obviously been a very long time since we've done one of these. I think it was post Brentford uh, away that we That's did this. Correct. We uh, clearly are anti King Charles. Is the only um, possible. Uh, explanation because that's that was the weekend wasn't it it was the weekend it was the weekend and it's just it's just uh, just life gets in the way doesn't it so and obviously partly because we've been going everywhere and seeing all the games and and spending a lot of time with each other at at football so it's kind of neglected the need for these these weekly chats but obviously that now things are obviously going very well for Arsenal Football Club um it's we thought we'd do one in the international break while we've got a bit of bit of, bit of downtime. But um Should we do it for context? Because the 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 last pod we did was an international break before the World Cup, and we'd just beaten Brentford 3 0. Tom, for ten points, unless you looked it up earlier. What was the next Premier League game? Oh wow. <laughs> next part. <sighs> Oh, I actually, I don't want to tell you. I don't want to tell you because it will bring back bad memories for you, even though it was excellent. Oh, God. Yeah, all right. You've, you've nailed it with that one. So it was Tottenham at home, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. It was. Um, so obviously the listeners won't know my debacle from that that fateful day, will they? They won't. They won't. <laughs> so I obviously, it was, it was a day where there were train strikes, as we've had lots of those this year. And I was getting a lift up there with uh, a family friend. And upon leaving, there was loads of traffic leaving, leaving where I lived down in Margate. And we thought, okay, we'll have to take a bit of a detour here because it's, it's ridiculous. So we took a detour and the guy driving went down the biggest crater that anyone has ever seen uh, on a road. And as soon as he did it, you could tell the car wasn't driving correctly. He proceeded to drive probably for another two miles with a completely flat tyre. Um, and eventually he was like, yeah, that doesn't feel right, does it? So I was like, no, no, it doesn't actually. You, you might want to have a look. So he pulled over. Tyres absolutely annihilated in about 15 different places. And obviously at this point, we're in the middle of nowhere. There's no trains running. There's, there's no way I can get to Arsenal from that point. And it was one of the most heartbreaking days of my of my modern existence because I just it's it's one thing missing a game. There's plenty of games that I I I would be sad about missing, but missing the North London derby, and particularly then how we played and what happened in the North London derby, it was heartbreaking. And I know that you've had you've had uh, equally traumatic experiences previously with the North London derby, as yeah. uh, as, as so we sort of shared our anguish um, within that. But obviously that that's um, a long time ago. I'd like to say I'm over it. I'm not. I, I thought I'd what I thought I'd do is just a selection of moments since that Brentford game for us to to muse upon. 
Um, so that week, we actually beat Bodo Glimpse at home 3-0 and then Liverpool with games like Leeds away, Southampton away. The one I sort of wanted to shout out was we went to Eindhoven to we just lose against PSV. Um, whatever went on in that trip, it's legal in that country. That's all I say. <laughs> <laughs> Tags in Chris Johns. Uh, anyway, um, uh, yes, we had a very enjoyable trip to Eindhoven. And I have to say that I that will be hopefully the last Europa League away group game I ever attend um, because I hate the Europa League. We're going to come to that. But I remember after that, because what I think has defined the team this season is is the bounce back. I was really worried after we lost that game. We lost 2-0. We didn't look at it. And it was how are we going to respond? We got Forrest at home. It was like, oh, that's a real banana skin. And we won 5-0. Uh, Reese Nelson scored a brace. I suspect we're going to talk about him at some point. I think um, might, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think it's just what's been in, it really impressive as a hallmark because there's no point going through the whole season. It's been how we've bounced back from any sort of disappointment. I mean, that is the single biggest change in this Arsenal side from previous years. You know, I think we had the wobble, Everton, Brentford, City. But since then, going to Villa, going to Leicester, Beating Everton at home, the Bournemouth game, forget the Europa League, beating Fulham and beating Palace. We have been immaculate in our response from that City loss. Absolutely immaculate. Um, I think really it's focusing on that block of time because we, we, I mean, one of the reasons we haven't done this podcast is I haven't got the energy to talk about it because that what the team are putting us through. That Jorginho winner at Villa Park, Tom, I mean... One of the things I often think is people say to me, "What? Why do you do it? You're mad. You're going up and down the country. Like, what? How is that your weekend?" And then Jorginho scores that goal off the back of Martinez's head, and I can show them that moment and say, "That's why." Yeah. Um, no, I completely agree. Um, and obviously, we've been very fortunate in that period that we've had. Not one of those moments, but two of those oh. moments. Um, Can you talk to me about your Reese Nelson experience? So, my Reese Nelson experience, and obviously, uh, listeners will, will know that we sit on opposite sides of the ground. Um, and about, about probably the 85th minute, a couple of people from my row start leaving. And I could not believe what was going on. So by the end, I sit on a little row with about seven seats. Five people had left before the end, and I just was like, "We were." It was. It's not like it was a nothing game. It's a game where we're pressing for a winner. We're pressing to maintain our title charge, and I just can't. I can't fathom what goes through people's heads to go. Okay, well, we'll leave at this point. So that was unbelievable. And I've since seen the uh, one of the guys who sits next to me at another game, and I didn't say anything to him because I was like, almost disgusted by that performance. But anyway, <laughs> we'll get we'll get onto that. Anyway, so as the we get the corner, and I'm, it's it's pretty obvious at that point that that's going to be the last possible opportunity for us to get a goal. And as the corner comes in and it's headed away, I'm thinking, right, well that's. That's that then. That's 2-2. Two, two. Drop points. Probably going to be a tall order to uh, to hold City off now. And then it drops to Reese Nelson. 
And I know we spoke about Reese Nelson saying, I shifted it onto my left foot and bang. <laughs> and what happened, Reese. Yeah, yeah, Reese, watch it back. That didn't happen, mate, but all, all credit to you. But I don't think he'll never hit a ball that cleanly in his life with his weaker foot. No. And he's obviously rifled it into into the back of the net, and it's pandemonium in the in the stands, isn't it? It was absolutely it, oh. chaotic, and I I don't think since we've been at the Emirates there's been a moment of jubilation quite that extravagant. Obviously, there's been there's been moments since we've been at the ground, but I don't think there's been that one that's felt well, quite as intense as that. Well, our Sharvin and Welbeck. The argument for the Welbeck one was that that was against the direct title rival. But Absolutely. I don't think the way the ground has been, the way we believe in this team, the way this team is loved and adored, that was the pinnacle um, for me of the Emirates moment. I mean, that was the greatest. Um, I was trying to think... Can you think, I've got one goal, and it's actually a non-Arsenal goal it reminds me of. Have you got an Arsenal goal that made you feel that way in our lifetime that you can think of? Of course, Michael Thomas beforehand, and not, I mean, that this isn't that good. Have you got a goal that, that's that close for you? <sighs> I, don't, I don't know, really. I, I'm trying to think of it, like, certainly not like a stoppage time winner, like like the last mm. kick of a game. Certainly not, not, not in a title extent. race. Not in no. a title race, no. Um, like I mean, the team... closest I've got is is Makeda for Man United. Yes, against yeah. Aston Villa, and I remember that goal, and I was like, "Oh, well, that's amazing!" And I really didn't want them to win that match, but it was like, "Well, fair play, that's happened." Yeah, um, I, I I completely agree. There's in a title winning season potentially. I keep saying potentially. <laughs> you, you're going to get moments. You have to have those moments. I, like, there's never going to be a game where you, where, where a season where you play brilliantly all season. And there's going to be times where you need to dig deep and you need to find an unlikely hero. And obviously, Reese Nelson was our unlikely hero. Then I don't think anyone would have when he when he came on. I'll, I'll be honest. I was. I was a bit like I was. I, I saw why he came on because Emil Smith Rowe didn't look at it at all. Looked absolutely shattered. Bear in mind he'd just come back from injury as well, mm. and I, I completely understood the change. But I was thinking like you, you need two goals, and it just doesn't really fill fill me with confidence. And then obviously he comes on, gets an assist almost instantly, and then, and then does that at the end. My celebrations to, uh, after that, obviously, it, I'm sure it was similar, similar around your area where everyone's just jumping and hugging every mm-hmm. every person imaginable. Yeah. And I honestly could not breathe for about 15 minutes after the game. <laughs> like, like I, I felt like I needed an inhaler. Um, it was it was that that intense. And I phoned my dad, I phoned my brother, I phoned my wife. And no one obviously was there, so didn't sort of have the same reaction that I had. But it was just I had to talk to someone about it, and I think you had to shoot off after the game or something. So I think that's why we didn't um, we didn't embrace after that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was oh, insane. But uh, honestly, and then I got on the train on the way back, and my wife said to me, can you let me know when you're on the train? I was like, yeah, absolutely. I'll do that. So I got on the train instantly sat down and scrolled through Twitter for the next two hours 
um, looking at all of the fantastic content that was coming out and completely forgot to text my wife and she was quite <laughs> quite annoyed at me. <laughs> when you just appeared at home. Yeah. And she's Reece like, Nelson was there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I, I mean, I think, so since then, I mean, the worry, we went straight to sporting and then probably, um, I'd say Fulham was the easiest away game we've had in respect of calmness it was certainly most the most serene maybe Bournemouth away earlier in the season the 3-0 but yeah I didn't get a chance I couldn't quite get a ticket for that one but Fulham away was just an absolute delight um it's a great ground to go to it is I think that's the most serene and then I just want to talk to you a little bit about the Europa League because I was very mixed in what I wanted I say mixed, I can say it now. I wanted us to lose. I wanted us to go out because I really felt that even though it was only four games, we could not handle both. And it's almost, and so it transpired. You know, Saliba got injured. Um, Tommy Asu got injured in that game. And yes, it, those two things could have happened against Fulham, could have happened against Palace, but they didn't. And we need everyone. You know, I cannot believe, and I still uh, am sort of pinching myself, that we are in this position, that we are top of the league, that we are eight points clear. And when we next play a game, it's the 1st of April. It is almost, if, if we had discussed this in September, after we last spoke against Brentford, we'd have just laughed and just gone, yeah, yeah, sure we will, Tom. Yeah, I, I actually <laughs> yeah. went through my Instagram and I sort of put a comment after that Brentford game being like, way top of the league. And I was just a bit like, it was such a novelty. And it still feels a bit like a novelty. And I think it needs to keep feeling like a novelty for the players at least. Because we can do this now. And that's terrifying. And we've not really been in this position for a long time. I mean, it's been 19 years. And even the 07-08 season, we were close. But we weren't, we weren't, I don't know that we were this clear at this point. And we finished third that season anyway. Yeah, I mean, after the after the Birmingham game in 07-08, we just fell off a cliff, didn't we? So Yes, um, and we could still, you know, I yeah. think what everyone's scared about is we're still going to have that moment. You know, everyone, I think, for obvious reasons, fears that. But we've got nothing to fear now. We've got nothing to fear. You look at all the fixtures, and we've been so good away from home. We've conceded seven goals away from home all season. It's, it's mad, I mean, isn't it? Following the club away this year has been fucking brilliant I mean it's been honestly I feel like I've suffered for the last decade going and it's all worth it for this it is all worth it, it will never be this good again either I think I said this to you in person but because it's out of nowhere because it's an ex-player because it's the youth youthful players bringing us through because you've got the redemption of Xhaka because you've got all these stories interwoven with the team it will never feel like this again. Even if next, even if we don't win it this season and next season we go again and do it, it won't feel like this where it's like, where has this come from? And it just, I can't stop smiling thinking about the possibility of it happening, which is terrifying, isn't it? I mean, I don't know how we deal with this next 10 days, 10 games or 10 days. 10 day, yeah, 10 days, 10 minutes. Like It's just, <laughs> I, I'm sure I'm like every other Arsenal fan that I am just... I'm just constantly thinking about all the different permutations and everything that 
could be, mm-hmm. could go could go wrong or could go well. What's going to happen if this happened? This happened, and it's just it's it's terrifying. It's it's absolutely terrifying. But it, I'm loving it. It's, <laughs> it's amazing. But I also hate it at the same time. Like it's. I think I said to you that there's um, like obviously there was. I say obviously I say this tongue in cheek, but the last couple of years when we've been finishing like fifth, eighth, eighth, whatever, it's um there wasn't there wasn't that pressure do you know what i mean like 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 you went into a game she's like oh it's another game so i want us to win but if we don't win we're still eight (laughs) it's not the end of the world and now it's like oh we're we're top of the league and we're we're eight points clear this is amazing is you it's amazing how quickly every single game matters i think that's the thing that's blown my mind in this not that every game didn't matter before, but you're just like, are we literally? I think that was why the Bournemouth was. A, you can't. You cannot win the league dropping points against Bournemouth. You can't yeah. do it. The two things do not work. And I sort of felt that when we dropped points to Brentford. But I actually think the fact that was the offside goal sort of spurred us on a bit. I mean, we lost our next game, so maybe I'm chatting absolute rubbish. But we've just got, and this is why I talk about the Europa League being a great thing. We've got. Leeds home, Liverpool away, West Ham away. That West Ham away game, they have a Europa Conference game sandwiched either side. So the fact we have a week to prepare for West Ham, I I like that. Look, it might not make the difference. It might not make the difference. We just don't know at this point. It's not like, oh, so we're definitely going to win. You can't say that. But I prefer the percentages. Even if it's a 1% increase in the chance of winning it, getting further in the Europa League, it's not worth it. It's not worth it for what is at stake here. It really, really isn't. And I can't remember who made this point. It might even have been you. I think you made it. But can you imagine winning the league and then losing the Europa League final? It, it, was, me, it was me that it was said you. that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It I, yeah so I, I said that hypothetically, if we won the league and then went to the Europa League final, um, would that dampen the the effect of the season and the example I gave was obviously when Chelsea won the league and we beat them in the FA Cup final to stop them doing the double the last memory of that season was obviously for them losing that cup final Mm. and I think we both obviously it was just a hypothetical scenario we came up with and I think you you very quickly said no (laughs) and I think it I think it I think it, it, it would dampen a little bit but at the same time it'd just be like we're champions like we've won the league, like it's it's crazy, uh, absolutely. And I, I think that's the takeaway point from that. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I think we had a little bit of lag there, by the way. Um, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I mean, I think one of the things we've sort of overlooked is our objective at the start of the season was to get in the Champions League, and we're we're nearly there, which is incredibly exciting to just have that back. So all of all of the above is applicable for being just continuing the good feeling. I don't want to do any predictions, by the way. I don't want to look too far ahead into other games. I'm sure you've all done it. Um, I'm <laughs> sure we've all done it and run it. You know, there's a week coming up where we've got Southampton at home, City away and Chelsea at home. I mean, I've got a wedding um, in the middle of that as well, not mine, um, in between City and Chelsea. So that'd be... That'd be an intense few days. Um, but I'm just focusing on Leeds at the minute, praying 
we get through the international break. But I wanted to ask you really a very difficult question. Which I love is, these difficult questions. <laughs> who, who's been your player of the season so far? Ooh, that is a difficult question because I think I think the obvious answer is to go Bukayo Saka. I think that's the obvious answer because of what he's doing and the numbers he's producing, both in assists and and goals. But mm. I don't necessarily think that he is. I, like he is probably he's probably our most important player, but not. I'm not sure he's the one that knits everything together. So that's why mm-hmm. I probably go with Martin Odegaard because Ooh. I just think honestly I would go with that. I, I, I actually, I I I think you're going to say Thomas Partey. I'm going to say Thomas Partey. Thomas Partey is probably the one that I go to. It's him or Odegaard I would go with purely okay. because I think if you take Thomas Partey out. We've seen the drop off, and as much as we've addressed that in terms of having a backup in Jorginho come in, and I think that was, I think it's proving to be quite a shrewd bit of business. Mm. Um, so, and and we spoke about it at the time. I'm just going to divert a little bit into that conversation because obviously we brought in Kivior, we brought in Trossard, and we brought in Jorginho in, in the January transfer window, and I think Arteta has been very clever with his use of those players. Because obviously, I know Kivior's only started one game and obviously he came off the bench against um, Crystal Palace. Palace. Mm. And I think he's been very clever all season, actually, with involving players in the squad and making everyone feel like they are part of this. And I think bringing players in that in January is obviously, it's always a risk because it could upset the sort of dynamics of that squad. And I think what's worked really well is that these players have come in and slotted in perfectly. Trossard's been obviously a revelation and Jorginho's just brought that that extra bit of leadership and that extra bit of control when we need it. And obviously there's going to be times that he's going to be required. Um, but I think even looking at the Bournemouth game when Reese Nelson scored, the first player who ran on the pitch from the sidelines was Jorginho. Mm. And I think that 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 shows that he's just come in straight away and he's just embraced the challenge rather than mm. thinking, oh, I've been booted out of Chelsea. This is just another payday like we've had with previous Chelsea players, we feel. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, it's, it's felt very different. Um, but going back to the original point, <laughs> which was obviously the most important player of the season, Thomas Partey is ridiculous. <laughs> he's, he's absolutely ridiculous at football. But... I do think from an attacking sense, I think you can almost answer this in two by having you've got your defensive general in Thomas Partey who knits everything together at the back and in that in that defensive third um, going into the middle third. And then you've got Odegaard just doing whatever he wants. And when Odegaard plays well, we invariably play well. And I just, I, I, just, I love him. <laughs> I absolutely I mean, love him. I mean, the thing is, what's interesting, isn't it, is that... I have loved Ben White this season. Aaron Ramsdale has gone under the radar almost everywhere, but he yes. has been exceptional. Exceptional. And then I look at someone like Granite Xhaka and the redemption arc, but he is so core. Cool. I mean, I, I looked at that Bournemouth game and he didn't start. And is that why we conceded after nine seconds? No. But did we maybe lack focus that he brings with his leadership? Maybe it feels like that. I think I think I don't think we've played well without Granite Xhaka in the last four or five years. I really don't. 
And I think he's been absolutely slated by fans, you know, because he gives the ball away. Or whatever. I, I've never dug him out over that. Um, I've always thought he's had a very harsh ride from the Arsenal fans. But he is so crucial in how we play down that left-hand side. And then you look at who else is down that left-hand side. Martinelli and Zinchenko. What a pair of players. What an absolute pair of players. And then you look at Gabriel Jesus and what he's done or did, you know, probably, (laughs) you know, obviously we, we... we were doing more regular podcasts up until the World Cup and we were just waxing lyrical about what he's done to this attack and this team. And the fact he's back now with two weeks ready to get firing. I mean, it's a great team. That's the thing. For the first time in a long time, we've just got a great bloody team. We Not, have. We haven't yeah. necessarily got the key, the linchpin player, which brings me on to we did have a linchpin player not so long ago and he recently announced his retirement. Mm-hmm. And Tom... I want to know some of your Mesut memories. Oh, I love a bit of alliteration on a Saturday evening. (laughs) (laughs) My Mesut memories. Um, Before you give me a memory. Yeah. Before you give me a memory. Would you rather have Mesut Ozil in his first season at Arsenal or Martin Odegaard playing the way he is now? Oh... I've, I'm going to be controversial and I'm I'm going to say Martin Odegaard weighs pain now. And as much as Oza was ridiculous um, at times of his Arsenal career, I just, I think what Odegaard brings is that leadership that Ozil never really had. And although Ozil had that, he had the respect of obviously the, the rest of the team. I don't think he ever led in that quite in that way um but I think Odegaard just the way he plays um and his work rate is just phenomenal on top of everything else he does and obviously it's a very easy argument to go oh Ozil was lazy which we we've we've spoken about on podcasts many many times about that that as a essentially being bullshit basically (laughs) because obviously he worked very hard in the areas he was meant to work hard in Okay, he wasn't the best, he wasn't the best defender. He didn't track back and do a two footed sliding tackle, but but what he did do when he had the ball, that was what you had Meza Ozil for. Um, but I still think at the moment, and I don't know if this is this is probably just my blurred judgment because we we are where we are at the moment, and I'm just having a bit of a love fest with Martin Odegaard. Um, but at the moment, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade him for anyone at the moment. I totally agree. Yeah. I totally yeah. agree. Um, the thing is, what I think, and this is, you know, I loved Meza Ozil, but what Martin Odegaard does, as you said, with leadership and work rate and just how he lifts the team, I mean, he is amazing because I don't think people see this necessarily. When we have gone down this season, he is rallying everyone, yeah. the crowd, the players. You just don't necessarily see it. He's a proper leader in the way he plays, the way he works. I love Martin Odegaard. And Ozil was, is not that. But I think Ozil was better technically. Oh, yeah. And just watching Meza Ozil was, when he was on it was the greatest. Um, I have to go back, though, because one of my favourite memories of him was just the day he signed. Yeah. So I, I think I said this to you. I had a, it was my first year of a season ticket. And we 
just beat Spurs and I had massive knee surgery. So I was watching it all at home and Giroud had ghosted in at the near post. And the very next day we signed Meza Ozil and it was like, oh my God, it's going to change back to how it was. It never quite materialised like that, but that feeling and then that debut against Sunderland was just so, so, so good. Um, and that's one of my biggest highs with him was just him joining. It was the first time a superstar had joined us in forever. Yeah. Um, it was spectacular. No, I, I I do agree. Like um, I remember obviously the the press conference after the um, the Tottenham game where Arsene did his little little smirk, <laughs> implying that something special was about to happen, and and obviously then it transpired that that was happening, um, and it was incredible. But I think my my mesut memory <laughs> was when we and there's there's a lot of factors in this, and it is the only. Uh, Arsenal game, well, the men's Arsenal game, I should say, that my wife has come to. And mm-hmm. it was Leicester at home and Ozil put on a absolute masterclass. And he scored uh, the equaliser because I think I think it was a deflected goal by Ben Chilwell that put Leicester 1-0 up. And then Ozil just took over. And then obviously he scored a great goal, but it was the goal for Aubameyang when he steps over the oh. ball and then receives it back, and then with the outside of his left foot, dinks it back into the path of Aubameyang to have a tap-in. It was absolutely majestic football. And because of my wife being there with me, I don't think she understood how incredible that moment was. But that was also the day that we had our offer accepted on our on our house. <laughs> so there's lots of things. But like my first memory I think of with Mesut Ozil is that, that day, because of how ridiculous that goal was and it was all to do with him um mm. so probably not the one that most people would jump out at i'm sure there's other things that other people would um would suggest but that's the that is the one that comes up to me for obviously very personal reasons um mm. i think i think kelly come to that game as well she did yeah she did yeah good, good <laughs> day for the wives how, how first together yeah yeah they should imagine if they'd have been sooner we would would have done the league already um <laughs> We, yeah, I mean, I, I, there's a couple of touches. So one, he produced a touch at Crystal Palace away on the byline that was one of the great, it was right by me. It was one of the greatest touches I've ever seen to go round someone. It was like a, he like flicked it with his heel, like round someone. I've honestly never seen anything like it. But there was also one when we beat Aston Villa, I think 5-0. He sent Olivier Giroud through on goal with one of the best touches I've ever seen of a football to put someone through on goal. It was like hit at him hip height almost. And he gets his left leg up and controls it over a defender into the path of Giroud. And let me tell you, to put Olivier Giroud through on goal in the Premier League is nigh on impossible. <laughs> he managed it. And, uh, and Honestly, Giroud did his utmost to fuck to that chance it. up as well. <laughs> and it finished with a plomb. I mean, the thing is, I was thinking about this. I don't think Meza Ozil really missed. Like, there was no one I felt more assured of who was going to score a goal for us when they were in front of goal. So like that goal against Man U when we beat them three nil and scored two in a couple of like two in seven minutes or whatever. It was. Oh, that was, oh. <laughs> uh, so the, good. The, the Liverpool one. Um, 
as well with uh, where he dinks it over Mignolet or that yeah. where he does that shot into the ground. Well, Arsenal walking another... in a winter wonderland. <laughs> oh, what a great piece of commentary. If we didn't do that. Um, and then another one was Bournemouth at home. We beat them 2-0. Gabriel um, the first. Uh, Gabriel. What was his last name? The one who's now at Valencia. Um, Gabriel Paulette. Paulista, Pauletta, Pauletta, whoever it was, he scored a header, and then Meza Özil and Ramsey produced some absolute magic, and Meza Özil made it two 0 and that I believe is where the Meza Özil chant started around Boxing Day. But it was he was the first person who, in a long time, got me believing. Um, it all went a bit wrong, you know, no question. Um, but fair play, I mean, I loved, I loved Meza, but he, him retiring was like almost an era of Arsenal retiring for me. Yeah. And we've got this new era now. And there's an, exp- I don't know whether you heard this on the Arse blog extra, but I can't stop thinking about this phrase that Gunner blog said, was that Arsene Wenger built the Emirates, but Mikel Arteta turned the lights on. But as people who go away to nearly ev- and home nearly every game, this has been the most incredible season in my life. I'm 31. I've gone away for 10 years. Whatever happens now, this has been the most sensational, memorable season. I cannot believe this team is where it is. And look, I think we're actually set up for years and years, but I don't care about that. Winning the league this year will be the greatest thing that happens in our footballing supporting lives. I really believe that. And that's why it's so hard, you know, on the backdrop of Man City with their their oil and their big oaf up front, you know, who's obviously fucking incredible. And, <laughs> you know, their, their billion pound backline or whatever it is, their plastic fans, their empty stadium, they stand for everything that modern football is that we hate. And here we are with our young players, our superstars, with our ex-player as a manager, trying to overhaul them and, and succeeding so far. It's almost... If you were writing a script, a story for how Arsenal win the league after so long without looking like they'd compete, it is this. And it's it's just so brilliant. And you've got to take it all in. You've got to enjoy every win. Take every moment for what it is because it's been special. You know, I, I'm trying not to think about the next game and the next game and the next game. I'm just trying to think, oh my God, Bakayo Saka took a pretty good Premier League left back in Tyreek Mitchell and literally destroyed him. In the last game, he literally destroyed him. Um, Emil Smith Rowe has just scored, by the way, for the under twenty ones. Excellent. And, you know, knowing that he's getting minutes and these players are coming back, we've got a great squad. My, I, I want for you, without the league, just as we round this off, before like winning the league would be spectacular. But is there one, what one thing other than winning the league do you hope happens? This season, if you could say, I want one lot, like if I could pick one thing, because you were beating Tottenham home and away. That was amazing. We've won. We beat Man U in the last minute. We've had the last minute winner. What's the thing you want? Like the, the win or the goal that you want more than anything, that you, if you could wish cast it. I, <clears throat> I want us, I, I would love us to go to City and beat them. <laughs> and like... Out of all the other results, I'd love us to go up there and just go, you know what, fuck you, 
fuck all your money, fuck all your expenses and your stupid fans. Um, just go up there and beat them and show that we're better than them. Yeah. That's what I'd want. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I've been trying to control myself, but can you imagine what it would be like? I, I literally, I, I've been thinking about this, but I, I encourage everyone to just dream for a minute. Close their eyes and dream. Can you imagine going 2-0 up at the Etihad with five minutes to go? I, Can you just Im- imagine what that might feel like? I can't even think about it. it. My head explodes. It would be that good. Yeah, it would be absolutely insane. Um, but I think I think that is it. I think that's the big one. Just going up there and winning. Like your, your nearest rivals in terms of the league. Um, I think doing that and, and and making a real statement at that point. Um, I think that would be phenomenal. But obviously we'll just have to play, take it game by game. <laughs> don't, get ahead, don't get ahead of ourselves. We um, can as fans, mate. Just to confirm. Yeah, um... we can. We can, we can. <laughs> But um, I obviously I work in a school and all the kids keep asking me, "How else we're going to do it?" And I and I keep saying, mm, "Don't know, a long way to go." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do end up. If anyone talks to me about it, I'm like, "Well, you know, you just never know with City. You just never know." But in, in my head, I know we can. I know we can. Yeah, we we, we I believe we, we, can. we can. I really believe it. It's in, but like it's us or them. And we'll just see. We'll just see. And isn't it wonderful? I mean, I don't think we'll have a season like it again, really, where our rivals are this irrelevant. Yeah. I, I, like, I, that's one of the things to also enjoy because, you know, um, Antonio, if he's listening to the song <laughs> that I'm singing, 20 in front. 20 in front of Spurs. 20 <laughs> points. 20 fucking points. It's March. 20. They're fourth. They're not even having a bad season. They're not even having a bad season. No, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's really funny. Um, but like, it's just like when they when they played Southampton and they were 3-1 up and they drew 3-0. And obviously it was the, the Arsenal narratives within that story. I just... Obviously, I found it very funny, and I texted you immediately and said, "How funny is this?" But I, at the same time, it's just like I don't care about them. Like they're, they're they are completely irrelevant, and it's, it's fantastic. Amazing. It's amazing. You know, Manu's title charge that lasted one game, <laughs> one game. They were in the title race. One. I mean, I mean, how 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 they swung the media when they were like fourteen points behind to be like, "Yeah, yeah, Man United are still in this." It's, it's unbelievable. Amazing. But like everything you could ever dream of, you know, at this point, speaking now, we've won every single, every single, except where we were cheated out two points by a linesman who who couldn't do his job. We've won every London derby, every single one, except Brentford at home. And if if you're going to drop points to anyone, Brentford I'm fine with. (laughs) I quite like Brentford. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, but all of this you could hope for. The fact we got the redemption against gravel munching Dyche as well, like... You know, it is, it is, all of these things are just so wonderful. I really, so my moment would be, I'm torn where I'd rather win. Whether I'd rather win at Anfield or whether I'd rather win at St. James's Park. St. James's Park, because of last season, where it all, where it literally crashed down. But Anfield, because I really feel winning at Anfield crowns a Premier League winning season. 
Yeah. In all the years I remember us winning the league. Uh, I don't think that's quite true, is it? We probably didn't in 0102, but we haven't won there no, in no, so No, we long. did we did win there in 0102. Freddie Freddie Lundberg scored. Oh, and we oh, won there with 10, 10 men. men. Yeah. 98? 98 we 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 had the title wrapped up and went there and lost 4-0. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> yeah, so so we just don't win there very often. And it would be, I mean, if we go and beat Leeds and then go and win at Liverpool, I'm telling you, City will give up. City will give up. They, they, they're they happy to come second. They want the Champions League. They want the Champions League. They can have it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> have what you want. <laughs> Honestly, that Champions League there, it's much shinier. Look, the Premier League, you, you know what it looks like. You know what it looks like. You've seen it a few times. But look, look at the Champions League. You don't even know how heavy it is. It's you a big trophy. How heavy it is. It's a big trophy. You know what? This little Premier League, we'll have that. Look, we'll take it off your hands. Do you know what? We're happy to only have it for a year as well. That's the great thing about us. Do you just want it one year? You guys have it back. You can have it next season unless you get a 30-point deduction and then we'll have it again next year. Thank you very much. Um, you know, that's it. We're not asking for much, Tom, at this point. We're really not. <laughs> We're really not. And I think that's a wonderful, wonderful message to end this podcast on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good to be back. It is good to be back. Um, obviously, with everything that's happening, um, we, I think it would be really good in the running to try and do some some more podcasts and things. Um, so we'll, we'll do our best to do a few. Um, and then, obviously, hopefully everything goes to plan. <laughs> um, but thank you very much for listening to this podcast. Andre, thank you very much for your time. As always, it's been a pleasure. Pleasure to chat, sir. Pleasure to chat. We're back. We're back. We're bloody well back. Um, but it's uh, it's going to be a stressful, stressful couple of months. Um, but we've got to try and enjoy it. And hopefully by the end of it, we all have very, very big grins on our faces. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening and we'll hopefully be back with another podcast very soon.